Good morning. Today is Tuesday, November 29th, 2022. This past Sunday, former Israeli Prime Minister Naftali Bennett wrote an essay in the New York Times. He wrote about the unprecedented government that he formed, its successes, its shortcomings, its unraveling after about one year, and his advice for the new incoming government. Many of us are deeply passionate about Israeli politics. Events of the last few days have perhaps even heightened that further. And among us, there are a wide variety of opinions and feelings. I want to leave all of that aside for now. In his essay, Bennett makes two unrelated points, which I think are very interesting and worth considering outside of the realm of politics. The first is a fascinating insight into Jewish history, ancient and modern. When the Jews first entered Israel, 40 years after leaving Egypt, they were there for roughly 800 years. Then they were exiled to Bavel, Babylonia, for about 100 years after the destruction of the Beis Amigdash, the first temple, in exile for about 100 years, then back to Israel for the second commonwealth, the Bayasheni, the second Beis Amigdash, which again lasted for roughly 400 years. Very, very rough numbers. In the first 800 years, during the first half of that time, there was no centralized government. This was the period of the Shoftim, the judges, judges who traveled, adjudicating disputes for about 400 years. Society ran based on the individual observance of mitzvos, such as the ways of assisting those in need that we read about in the Book of Ruth. But there were no rulers, there was no bureaucracy for about the first 400 years. Then, David, David, was anointed king, David Amela, King David. And after him, his son Shlomo, Solomon, Shlomo HaMelech. Between the two of them, they ruled with a centralized, structured monarchy for about 80 years. After Shlomo's death, there was a civil war. And there was no unified government in Israel for the rest of the time in Israel until the destruction of the Holy Temple in Jerusalem and the exile to Bavel. So the actual government of that entire 800-year history, the actual centralized government, only lasted for about 80 years. After about 100 years of exile during which the Purim narrative occurs, Jews returned to Israel for the second commonwealth, Bayacheni, the second Beis Amigdash. Again, beside a few spiritual leaders, there was no structured government. And gradually, 
there was the deep cultural and social influence of the Assyrian Greeks and no real Jewish political independence. Then comes the narrative of Hanukkah, which leads to the establishment of a Jewish monarchy, which lasted also about 80 years until it was overtaken by Roman influence and power until the Romans destroyed the second base of Amish, the Bayashani. And then there were 1,900 years of exile. In other words, Bennett writes, there has never been a functioning, independent Jewish state in Israel that lasted longer than about 80 years. The modern state of Israel, which is only the third Jewish political entity in Israel ever, is now in its 75th year. This is our third chance to get it right and to make it last. I find that fascinating <clears throat> on many levels. Okay. Then Bennett makes a second unrelated point, which I think is relevant and meaningful in many areas of life, in our families, in our communities, in any social endeavor. Now again, he is writing this within a political context about which many of us may disagree, but I want to apply it much more broadly in ways that I think can help all of us. He writes that in establishing his government with the widest coalition in modern Jewish history, he was guided by a principle he articulated, the 70-70 rule. He writes, about 70% of Israelis agree on about 70% of the issues. So, we focused on getting the 70% done instead of endlessly arguing over what we could not agree on. When you neutralize the most politically sensitive issues, ministers from the left and right saw each other as decent people working for the good of Israel and not as the demons we had been calling each other. So, regardless of what you think about that in a political context, I think that there is great value in considering the 70-70 rule in other areas of life. Our relationship with our spouse, our relationship with our children, being active in a synagogue community or a school community, in every area of life where there are people involved and there may be sharp disagreement plus a need to get things done, the 70-70 rule makes a lot of sense to me. Not in every situation, but in many.
So I suggest to you, and I'm suggesting it to myself, to consider this whenever different minds and views must work together as a way to reduce tension and arguing and as a way to get more done constructively, think about the 70% of issues on which 70% of the participants agree and focus your attention there. And if you do try it, I would be very interested to hear how it works for you. My friends, I want to wish you a great day, and I look forward to seeing you all soon in person.